Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Minaldo, and this week I'm coming at you with my weekly awards, the Mo Knows Awards. First off, we have the Ground and Pound Award. This award goes every week to the NFL's leading rushing performance of the week. This week, the Ground and Pound Award goes to Adrian Peterson, running back for the Washington Redskins. This man may be 33 years old, but he's playing like he's 23. Here's Peterson. Jump cut. Adrian Peterson! Sprinting inside the 25! Back to play fullback. Yep, bring him in and give it to Adrian Peterson! Touchdown! It's Peterson. Stutter stab. Oh, nice cut near side. First down and in some. Adrian Peterson in a Packers territory. And here's a big hole for Adrian Peterson. AP turning back the clock. Peterson. Adrian Peterson running free. First down inside the 30. That'll put him up over 100 yards. An honorable mention goes to Christian McCaffrey, the running back for the Panthers. He had more yards, 184 yards, to Adrian Peterson's 120 yards. But Adrian Peterson, one, is 33 years old, not a few years into the league. And... Adrian Peterson scored two touchdowns, whereas McCaffrey had his touchdown opportunities poached away by his quarterback, Cam Newton. Adrian Peterson is this week's Week 3 Ground and Pound Award winner. Up next, we have the Mad Bomber Award. This award goes every week to the NFL's Best Quarterback of the Week. This week, the Mad Bomber Award goes to none other than Patrick Mahomes, quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs. First pass attempt for Mahomes into the hands of Sammy Watkins. That'll be a gain of close to nine. Mahomes finds Kelsey, and he's up to midfield. Wide open. Down the middle of the field is Hill. He's in between three defenders and still found an opening inside the 10. And Spencer Ware in the backfield. Pressure now on Mahomes. He's in trouble. Now gets it away. Are you kidding me? Crossing into the neutral zone early. 21-yard game. Faking one way, back the other way. And that is a touchdown to Demetrius Harris. Second touchdown pass of the afternoon for Patrick Mahomes. Watkins inside the five. Watkins to the end zone. And you can add another name to the list. That is his first receiving touchdown. Now those three touchdown passes you heard give Patrick Mahomes 13 passing touchdowns through three weeks. Two and a half if you consider the fact that all three came in the first half. Now that breaks Peyton Manning's NFL record for most touchdown passes through three weeks. He had 12 in 2013. Tom Brady had 11 in 2007. Patrick Mahomes, 13 NFL record. Honorable mention goes to Drew Brees, quarterback for the Saints, with his three passing touchdown, two rushing touchdown performance. Two of those touchdowns came on the ground. Sorry, didn't win the ground and pound award this week, Drew. You've been doing it for a while. Mad Bomber award goes to Patrick Mahomes. And this performance 
caps off a three-week period where Patrick Mahomes has been far and away the best quarterback in the league. Outside of maybe Ryan Fitzmagic, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who came back down to earth a little bit in this Monday night game, still threw for over 400 yards, but he threw three picks in the second quarter, something even Jets fans can't remember because, believe it or not, that was a first of his career for Ryan Fitzpatrick. He'd never had three first-half picks before, which is also pretty amazing considering he threw six interceptions against the Chiefs a couple years ago. Next up... We have the Sticky Fingers Award. This goes to the top receiver of the week. Now, there was a lot of good receivers out there this week, but the Sticky Fingers Award goes to rookie wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons, Calvin Ridley. The rookie out of Alabama had three touchdown catches today. Ryan, with time, finds Ridley, holds on. The ball was slipping out of his hands, but he held on. It's a first down. One on one, and Batty Ice goes to him. Out of no huddle. Throwing it deep for Ridley. He's got it. Breaks the tackle. And it's going all the way. Touchdown. And nobody open. Ryan buys some time. Throws. Ridley's got it. Who else? His third of the game. His three touchdown catches made him the first rookie since Odell Beckham Jr. in 2014 to record three touchdowns in a single game. That three puts him up to four in three games, which ties him with A.J. Green for the NFL lead in receiving touchdowns. Looks like Matt Ryan has found a new second favorite target behind Julio Jones in Calvin Ridley. And it remains to be seen how they will handle Calvin Ridley and how defenses will handle Calvin Ridley over the course of the rest of the year. Right now, you can double-team Julio Jones and leave stuff wide open for Calvin Ridley, what are you going to do? Double-team Calvin Ridley and leave Julio Jones, one of the top receivers in NFL history, on single coverage? I don't think so. So I think the sky's the limit for Calvin Ridley. Now, usually wide receiver is not a position that you can come in and just dominate as a rookie. When you see a rookie come along that does things like Calvin Ridley has done, that does things like Odell Beckham Jr. did, they're not a dime a dozen. You don't see that every year. So I think Calvin Ridley has the chance to be this year's Odell Beckham Jr. in terms of rookie wide receivers. Next up, we have the upset of the week. This might be the upset of the year, the upset of the decade, the upset of the past couple of decades. The Buffalo Bills went into Minnesota to play the Vikings as 17-point underdogs. Not only did they cover that spread, they came out on top by 21 points. This doesn't happen. Vegas is never this wrong. Now, you could argue that the Vikings weren't good enough to warrant a 17-point favorite status. But you can't give the Bills enough credit in this one, regardless of what the Vikings may or may not. I picked the Vikings to be in the NFC Championship against the Los Angeles Rams. Now, I don't know that that's completely out the window anymore, but this loss for the Vikings definitely gave me something to think about. In fact, the 27-6 loss was a 21-point victory for the Bills, who, like I said, came into the game as 17-point underdogs. If you think about that, 17, they were, they were, they were supposed to lose by more than 17 points, and they won by 21. 21 plus 17 is 38. That means when it was 27 to 6, the Vikings would have had to score 40 unanswered points almost to cover that spread. The last time a 17-point underdog won an NFL game outright was 1995 when the Cowboys lost at home to the Redskins as 17.5-point favorites. That was 23 
years ago. Like I said, this might not just be the upset of the week, but the upset of the decade. Now we move on to the Vinny Testaverde Award, named after my favorite quarterback of all time, the Italian stallion Vinny Testaverde, known for his comebacks, most namely the Monday Night Miracle, where he led the New York Jets from down 30-7 to in the fourth quarter to beat the Miami Dolphins 40-37 to in overtime. Now, this goes to the NFL Comeback of the Week, which has to go to the Chicago Bears over the Arizona Cardinals. Chicago was down 14-0 after the first quarter. Three tight ends are in the game for Bradford. He gets protection and his pass to a wide open Ricky Seals Jones who walks in for the touchdown. Getting protection and his pass is going to be touchdown to David Johnson. And 14-3 at halftime. In the second half, early in the third quarter, Sam Bradford we know and love after all these years finally showed up. They had a chance to drive down and make it for 14-3 lead into at least a 17-3 lead. And then... Bradford going up top, and it's going to be intercepted by Eddie Jackson. Safety Eddie Jackson with a pick. The Bears came back with their own touchdown on a Jordan Howard run, making it 14-10. Then, on the next Arizona drive... Bradford getting away from Mack, and the pass is going to be wrestled, and was it picked off? It may be by the Bears. Sherrick McManus, and the Bears get it back. Another turnover that the Bears were able to capitalize with a field goal this time to make it 14-13. Next time around, Sam Bradford said, I'm not throwing another pick. Second down and eight, stumbles forward and loses the ball. Bears have it. Khalil Mack. That's right, he fumbles, the Bears get the ball back, kick another field goal. This time they take their first lead of the game, 16-14. The game wasn't over, but it was for Sam Bradford as he was pulled for the rookie quarterback out of UCLA, Josh Rosen, who didn't fare much better. So it's right here for the Cardinals. Can they survive? Here's Rosen's pass, and it's going to be intercepted by Bryce Callahan. And the Bears celebrate on the sideline. The Bears get the ball back, but the Cardinals had three timeouts left. The Bears ran three times, had to punt. Josh Rosen this time around had 55 seconds, but no timeouts to get into field goal range. He was able to get them to midfield with five seconds left. And on the Hail Mary, Chicago did something you don't usually see. Usually on a Hail Mary, the defense will rush three, maybe four guys. Well, in this situation... The Bears knew that the rookie's quarterback would not be able to handle the pressure. They sent five guys, including Khalil Mack, or as I like to call him, pressure on demand. And this was the result. Rosen under pressure, goes down, and the game is over. The Bears came back from down 14-0 after the first quarter to win 16-14. The Bears' defense shut down the Arizona Cardinals after the first quarter to the tune of zero points. That's how you make a comeback. Comebacks... The hardest part of a comeback sometimes, a big comeback, is not necessarily the offense. The offense can start clicking. That makes sense. But it's about a defense that's been torched. You know, they've been torched for a while, and all of a sudden they flip the script and they start shutting down the opposing offense. Comebacks take both, offense and defense. And defense got it done more than the offense today, but that's how it works. Let's just listen to the Bears head coach, Matt Nagy, had to say after the game. I'll say this, all that matters 
is that dumb. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only thing that matters. I'll say it again, defense. That's the way to do it. Oh. That's, the to that's, that's on the other level. That's on the other level. Again, oh, we keep, hey, it's tough, but we keep sticking with it. They keep helping us right now. Down the road, it's going gonna, it's gonna to reciprocate. Enjoy it tonight. These are so hard to get. Enjoy it. Now, the next award is not really, it's more of an infamous award. And this award, for the past 19 games, has been held by Hugh Jackson, head coach of the Cleveland Browns. I call it the WCC, the Worst Coach Cup. Hugh Jackson, he did it. He beat Todd Bowles and the New York Jets on Thursday night. Therefore, ipso facto, Todd Bowles is now the worst coach in the NFL and will be until he can beat another coach, which when you look at their schedule, you have Jacksonville this weekend at Jacksonville. Then you come home for three games, but they're to Denver two and one. Colts one and two, but they're still better than you. And the one one and one Vikings, who may be one one and one and may have just lost to the Bills, that might be an easier game than it seemed, but I don't see where that win's coming from, at least in the next month. Now, granted, the Jets had it tough playing their first three games of the season in an 11-day span. They will have almost equal time, one more day off from their Week 3 game to their Week 4 game than they had between Week 1 and Week 3. Week 1, they played on Monday night. They beat the Detroit Lions 48-17 to on a Monday night. Short week, go into Sunday, lose 20-12 to to the Miami Dolphins. Could have easily won that game, but they didn't. And then they had to turn around on the short week again, two short weeks in a row to start the season, and play the Cleveland Browns, who were due for a win. Due. Overdue. But, again, they were coached by Hugh Jackson. You might as well name the award after him, the Hugh Jackson Award, but he doesn't deserve an award named after him. It's the WCC, the Worst Coach Cup, and that cup is held by Todd Bowles. No excuses. I don't care if you have to play three games in 11 days. He doesn't either. They could be 3-0. Instead, they're 1-2. The Browns could say the same thing. They had to play on that short week. They had one more day off between week one to week two. They had the same four-day window between week two and week three. And they came out and got the W. It is what it is. No excuses. The Browns could easily be 3-0. They're sitting at 1-1-1. In fact, the Green Bay Packers, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Cleveland Browns, and the Minnesota Vikings are all 1-1-1. I doubt that you will ever see that Again, and if you do, it will be a very long time. Maybe not as long as, I guess I'm thinking, with the new overtime rules where it's only 10 minutes and it's still not sudden death until both teams have had the ball. I think there's going to be a lot more ties. But in terms of those being in the first three weeks to give four teams the opportunities to be 1-1-1, I don't think you're going to see that for a while. There you have it, guys. My awards for this week. Tune in next week, and I'll give you the week four winners. We'll see who it is. Who knows what's going on in the world of sports? Mo knows. Shake, shake, a brand new set of moves that you don't make. You get down and you get back up. Uh.